Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Bharti Jagdish, and Ryan Huang. It's time now to take a look at headlines that investors will be paying attention to. So, what are we looking at, especially when it comes to oil this morning? We've got prices finally heading in the other direction. Ooh. Down. We've been seeing it go up for so long, but finally, uh, some reprieve for markets. Uh, okay. This, at least for now, uh, a couple of reasons. And this, of course, is after. Overnight action saw oil prices dropping the most by nearly two years. And this um, just giving back some of that rally you've seen in the past month amid supply disruptions, fears, concerns, and of course, all uh, really stemming from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So a confluence of headlines sparking that risk of sentiment. And among them, you've got OPEC members talking about supporting higher output. And this is apparently from the encouragement from the U.S. administration to just produce more oil to bring down prices. Mm. The UAE among them, and they say they will call on other OPEC Plus members to boost oil output faster. Iraq also says it can boost production if OPEC Plus asks. Mm. So you've got a bit of a, a community uh, happening here, the global community coming together to work as one to tackle these surging oil prices. So that is putting a bit of a ceiling, at least for now, on where things are going for oil prices. And in the past few days, we've seen how the UK has put restrictions on buying Russian oil and also phase out the country's imports by the end of the year. So it's got a bit of a transition plan going on. And the EU is among the latest to say it will also transition away from the Russian oil imports and have its own plan towards more renewable sources and just move away from oil altogether. So you've got that going on. So I think that's all coming together to give some comfort to markets at the later part of this week. Mm, there's always a silver lining, isn't there? At least now economies are more encouraged to move towards renewable sources rather than sticking with those fossil fuels. What about other commodities as well? Didn't we see some some drops in that arena? Yeah, we've seen some easing on those prices across the board. So I think you've got that risk-off sentiment just seeing markets or at least investors going back into some of those familiar names that have risen earlier this year. We are talking about tech names. So the FANG stocks, for example, the bank stocks. So they seem to be rotating there for now, but it's no very dynamic where things are so we could see things rather choppy in the coming days so that is one to watch and of course one to watch will be what happens between talks between Ukraine and Russia if things can actually see some progress Mm-mm. hopefully so hopefully so we do need some good news all right in the season finale of squid game did the front man <laughs> announce a winner <laughs> well yes we have a winner a sole survivor Ooh. so to speak so from South Korea, you now have the results of the elections. It happened yesterday. So you've got the former top prosecutor, Yoon Suk-yul. So he is the new South oh. Korean president. So he is from the opposition party. So the ruling party leaves office after five years. And this is interesting because there's some ongoing background history between both parties. And just to give you a bit more context behind the results, this was a very close race. And this was just separated by less than one percentage point. And we are talking about the winner with 48.6% of the votes. The loser, 
47.8%. That is very close. Mm. Razor thin margin, isn't it? So what does this guy have to do when he takes office? What are the main priorities? And most of all, I think a lot of people are also wondering, who is this guy? Yeah, for many people reading the news, uh, this might not be a familiar name Mm. um, internationally, but I think domestically is a more familiar face. So he was the former top prosecutor. So he's going to be coming across as a bit of a foreign policy novice. Mm. So he was picked back in 2019 to be the top prosecutor to go after um, the most powerful, the most corrupted. And things started to sour when he went after the inner circle of the current government. And this led to many members of the current government just protesting and the resignations of two justice ministers as well. So things really you know, soured between them. So now we've got both sides you know, having this bitter race. And we have this result right now. So people are asking, what's going to happen next? What will be the policy direction of South Korea? And people are expecting him to become a stronger friend to the US, so embracing the military alliance with the Americans and also bring in the Biden administration to help support the economy by building supply chains for things like semiconductors. And in that sense, it means moving away further from China. So that is going to mean possibly colder ties with China and also North Korea because he has previously said he is supportive of the option of a preemptive strike if Pyongyang poses an immediate threat. So it is something to really watch on the front. Wow. Okay. Uh, just a little something to... It's a little bit of a nostalgia. Uh, Ryan, you put this piece in and it reminded me of the days of Napster. Napster. <laughs> Those were the days when we were growing up. Yeah. Mm. A blast from the past. Yeah. So, so what's happening here? Yeah. Do you remember what you use um, this product, LimeWire, for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's similar to Napster. It's similar to Napster. So it was a very popular piece of software. I think when you're growing up with the days of IRC and the early days of the internet, ah. this oh, would be a wow. very popular... This is blast from the past. Eh? File transfer tool. File transfer tool, yes. To get the software that you want yes. for various reasons. So it was, um, of course, facing a lot of trouble back in 2010. There was a huge legal battle, uh, especially in the music industry, over allegations of music piracy. And then it kind of got shut down and yeah. went away but now it's back in what form (laughs) what's going on it is back as an NFT marketplace. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, believe it or not, uh, maybe it could work this time again. Uh, so this is what's happening. It will be relaunching in May. So it's going to be a place for everyone to find their favorite NFTs and trade them, find their virtual items they've been looking for on the blockchain. And this is um, nearly a decade since they shut down. So this was um, an asset Lima was bought Last year, by two Austrian brothers, they've been trying to bring back a platform ever since to a new form. So this is apparently something to look forward to if you're um, on the shop or look on the lookout for an NFT. And on top of that, they are planning to raise capital, raise money through the launch of a LimeWire token. Mm. No, but what better way than to print your own money with your own token, right? Honestly, I hate LimeWire. Why? 56k modem. Oh, okay. Well, now they're into the NFT market and you can't go five minutes without hearing that word. So I'm pretty sure they'll do not too badly. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.
Available on Google Play or the App Store.